attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Or should I say happy birthday to you? <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dana. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Dana. There's no better way to celebrate my birthday than record a <laughs> podcast with you, sir. So thank you. Uh, it's my birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday and I'll cry if I want to. I could just keep doing. I, nobody wants to hear me sing, so I should stop. I was crying a lot on my birthday last year because my birthday last year was the day after the presidential election. It My birthday always falls on election day or around oh, that area. Oh, gosh. Why? Don't bring that up. I'm sorry. I know. Start on a real low note. It was it was a rough we next did it, day. Joe. We did it. Well, that was. A I few had days to wait. Later. I had to wait like five more days until we got the. We did it, Joe. <laughs> we did. We did it, guys. We did it. <laughs> Speaking of what is Kamala Harris doing these days? No. Anyway, not going there. Anyway, hi. Uh, we have a special special friend with us today to celebrate Dana's birthday. It's like Dana's. Like best friend or something? I don't know. Oh, this is this is beyond special. This is my soulmate in this world, besides my husband. It's my best friend Evan. Uh, Evan is here. She's joining us. And it, it, what is so special to me about this episode, besides that it's my birthday, and besides that my best friend is on it, is that my best friend and I met each other working at Disney. So. There's no better reason for her to be on this podcast than today <laughs> and to share her story. So welcome, Evan. Oh, thanks, guys. I'm, I'm like happy crying right now. Uh, <laughs> also, I just want, because I'm sure Kim's listening. Kim, you heard that intro. Best friend. Just saying. Yeah, but Kim yeah, is yeah. still fan favorite on the podcast. <laughs> so Kim, you heard that? You heard that right? It's true. She holds that tight. Uh, fan favorite. Fan favorite, Kim. Um, who, by the way, Kim, that was me calling you the other day. If you are listening, that was me calling you the other day when then I think you blocked my calls after that. So we might need the chat. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> was this yeah. when you called me too and you were trying to call everybody in a mad frenzy, but you had no reception? Yes. In a mad frenzy. Yep. Yep. It's fine. Anyway, hi. hi, Evan. It's good to see you because I met Evan back when I met Dana all those years ago when Dana and I were working together. And then Evan entered my life yeah. from there as well. And it's, this is the first time I've seen her in such a long time. So it's so, so good to see you on the Zooms from the waist up as we see all human beings. Now. <laughs> I think that's how everybody should be seen. Like, you only have to make this part look good. Everything else is like, yeah, it's fine. I haven't worn like pants on any Zoom in a while. I mean, I wear leggings, nope. but yep, I'm know. in I'm in yoga pants, a hundred percent, always, hundred percent. But Evan, thank you for joining. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so excited. Like I've been waiting to get called for for this amazing podcast. So I'm stoked. Evan and I are drinking wine tonight out of our matching goblets that we got from the Madonna Inn. If anybody knows that reference, then you. Oh win. my gosh. Have you seen the men's restroom at the Madonna Inn? Yes. Wait, how have you seen it? (laughs) Because, well, uh, we went again recently to Paso Robles, and then we drove down to the Madonna Inn, and I'd already heard that you have to see the men's restroom, so we went in, this was like back in June. Oh, my goodness. Guys, the Madonna Inn is just incredible. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything about what it is. If you don't know anything about the Madonna Inn, just look it up and... It's incredible. We're drinking goblets of wine right now from our Madonna Inn goblets. 
I would say it's like a Dolly Parton fever dream. That's yeah. how. <laughs> yeah, lots of pink. Well, think a yeah. lot of pink. Lots. And I lots said of pink. that. I said exactly that when you and I visited Evan, and the bartender overheard me say that, and he said, "Did you say Dolly Parton?" I was like, "Well, of course I did." And he said, "Well, Dolly Parton." Is that when the fog machines turned on and Dolly oh, came out? I wish. I wish. But just as good, he was like, Dolly is one of our, like, regular customers here, and she has her own drink that she gets every time, and it was a Kettle One Martini, which was surprising yep. for Dolly, but I'm into it. I, I like felt, that, Dolly, with a I felt like hands. it would be, like, some sort of, like, pink cosmo drink, you know? Right. That's what I thought, too, but. Right, yeah. Oh, we should do a thing on Dollywood <sighs> someday. It's always fascinating. That's my ultimate bucket list. I've never gone to Dollywood. I really want to go to Dollywood. I'll go with you. We need more sponsors. We need people to sponsor the podcast to send us to Dollywood. Do you think there's like miniature dollies running around Dollywood? Like Dollywood characters running around Dollywood? Like impersonators of Dolly running around Dollywood? Oh my gosh. I was going to say Dana would leave her job tomorrow. (laughs) I don't think that exists because if it did, I would know about it and I would do that. And I would move to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and this would be my life now. And I don't think anybody would find that too too Mm off-brand for me. Dana dressed up as Dolly for Halloween one year, and it was it was a solidly good costume. I can see yeah. it. Well, and you were June Carter. I was June Carter, yep. There's a great band in New York called the Doll Parts, and they're a Dolly Parton cover band, and we used to go see them a lot because we're, we're friends with one of the front singer front Lead singers. Sing- I don't the, even know the, the yeah. front, front woman. Yeah, front woman of Doll Parts. So they are they're like a rock band that does Dolly Parton songs, and it's it's something else. Um, but Speaking of being characters, we brought Evan on this week to do a little deep dive because Evan and Dana met being characters at the Disney park. So, you know, we, we've talked a little bit here and there about characters and Dana's shared a couple secrets here and there about being a character. And we have talked to so many former cast members about like working attractions or custodial or all these other things. But we know, we know the people want to know the secrets of being a character at the Disney parks. So uh, I figured we could start out like, why don't you Evan tell us, because I think we've hinted before what it, who who Dana has been friends with. So Evan, you tell us who were you friends with? And we're saying friends with because you never say you are the character. You're always friends with the character. That's like one of the few things I actually know about your old world of being characters yeah um so i dana and i were in the same height range so uh anything that a five two person could play um and we definitely had our favorites and we had ones that were absolutely miserable to be assigned which you'd get your schedule and be like oh no and like literally just fear the day uh so (laughs) i was good buddies with chip and dale they i think were probably my favorite you know they're vips for a reason um, Timon was a weird one. Uh, let's see. Uh, Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear was awesome. I told Dana, I was like, Pooh Bear oh was gosh. like wearing the most comfortable onesie with, uh, with like a hula hoop built in. So it's kind of like, you're just chilling in a onesie with a hula hoop, like giving you <laughs> enough room. Have you seen what Pooh Bear has been doing lately though? No. Does this make you absolutely jealous at Epcot? Because all the characters are like socially distanced now or whatever. Uh-huh. At Epcot, they just have them running around a field chasing butterflies with a butterfly net. It's adorable. <laughs> oh my god, dreams, goals. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, I think I did. What was it? Crystal Palace. 
Pooh Bear. That's where I did Pooh yeah. Bear a lot. Or okay. Boat Dock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but usually with Boat Dock, your your sets would get canceled because we would have a lot of thunder when we were there. But uh, let's see who else. Mike Wazowski. My mom was always very proud of that one. Very proud that her daughter was uh, friends with Mike Wazowski. But Dana and I can both uh, attest to the fact that that costume was the worst. Oh, we've got a we've got a Mike story later down the line in yeah. this podcast to tell you. Yeah. But oh, what you know, that's who we were for Halloween. The whole family oh. was Mike Wachowski's. Yeah, my mom made Mike Wachowski costumes for everybody. That's so cute. They probably are not anything like a Disney version no. costume, but she tried no. her best. Oh, little Einsteins. Little Einsteins. They were good. They were fun. Yeah. We did a lot of the um, Disney Junior characters at the time. Um, I, I don't know if you played this one. I played Jesse from Toy Story. That was that was a big one in our height range. Um, you mentioned Timon. I never played Jesse. I loved Jesse. Jesse was one of my favorites. I know. I, I'm very jealous. You had to be very thin to be Jesse. Yeah. Like very thin. <laughs> yeah. Je- well... We'll probably get to it. We should probably talk a little bit about the costumes and stuff and just how they're all very different. Should we back up first, though, and talk about how the heck you two became characters? Like, I want to know what this audition was like, because the only frame of reference I have is that uh, I went in for one audition in college to be the Jayhawk <laughs> on a like a dare, and that didn't last but two minutes. So I want to know... Like, what was it like? How did you even get into that world? Maybe Evan, you start, and then Dana fill in some of the gaps there. Like, how? How do you become a character at Disney World? Because that seems like the prime job to have. Like, I don't want to be selling Cokes and being sticky by the end of the day. I want to be Prince Charming. Like, what do you What do you have to do? I actually, I interviewed for the Disney College program my freshman year. And I think I got food service. And I was really excited still. I was like, I'm going to go work at Disney. This is great. But... I realized you could also audition to be a character. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to give it a few years. I'm going to go back and when I'm done with some of more of my my classes, that's when I'll kind of pop in and I'll I'll audition. So I actually took a ton of classes really really quickly so that I could be done with all of my schoolwork for the final semester to go down and be a Disney character. So I I sped through them. Um, but I drove up to Seattle cause that was the closest audition spot for us. And it was an insane drive for me from Ashland to Seattle. That was probably about like nine hours, Dana. Yeah. Nine, nine or 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, not a lot of sleep. Uh, there was a beautiful dance studio that we, I guess they had rented out for the audition. There were probably about like 10 others, which it was kind of crazy because we heard about other people auditioning where they were like in packed rooms. I went down to an audition in LA for a character for Disney and it was like, you couldn't move. Uh, So we were really lucky. We were up in Seattle and there were about 10 people and they gave you kind of some movement exercises to do and, you know, pretend like you're one of the characters and you're having to do this sort of task or you're in the park and you're doing this. Were you doing that not in a costume? You were just doing it as yourself. Yeah. So you, you came a lot, like a lot of people like had dance stuff on. I wore my Mickey Mouse, uh, club jacket. Your Mouseketeer. My yeah, Mouseketeer jacket. jacket. I was very proud of that. It was a very cool jacket. And yeah, I think they had asked like, be one of the characters and you find something to eat at the park. And I think I was pretending to find like popcorn on a floor or something. 
Um, so yeah, just random, like weird motion improvisation things. So exactly. They had you do two elements to this audition. The first one was this like quote unquote animation element where they wanted you to what Evan said, like pretend like you are telling a story only with your body movements. You can't talk. Uh, and they gave you a scenario. You're eating a Disney treat what is it and what character are you? Like they wanted you to be able to tell that all within a one minute window. And so that it was a little foreign to me. I don't, I know I did something with ice cream. I think I was goofy or I was trying to be goofy. I don't know. Um, and the second half of it was an, an actual dance. Aud- I'm just picturing this. I'm just picturing this as you guys, as yourselves, not in a costume doing this. Yes. We were very young. We had more energy. It's giving me a lot of joy. It's it's giving me a lot of joy. We were like, 21. I feel like there is there is a drinking game in here somewhere at some point. Oh, 100%. I'm sure if you got Dana and I drunk enough, like we would probably <laughs> recreate this for you. 100%. We have to be pretty drunk. Um, but I will say the second half of it was doing an actual dance. And this is going to really date us. It was to High School Musical because that was the hot thing at the time. Yes, all in this Yes. Together. I don't know why I'm in a singing <laughs> I blocked this out. That one? Did you have to do it? I, I don't remember what the da- I think it was the dance from High School Musical, like the cheery dance that they all do. They taught it to us. So I, they basically just want to make sure you could Wild move. Cats, and yeah. so that was it. That was the two parts of it. And they took your they took your height at the audition. That was a really important piece. They took your picture. And that was it. They said, we'll call you if you got it kind of thing. Right, Evan? Yeah. Am I remembering that right? And we got it. What, what? We did. And not a lot of people at our audition did either. I think it was probably you and I. That was... I, I think so. Yeah. Because Dana and I are awesome, but not a big deal. So so tell us what you got. Like, what what do they tell you? Do You don't find out, like, you're going to be these characters. You're going to be those characters. You just find out you're going to be character. Yeah, yeah. basically. You're going to be a character. Come down to Florida. Come hang out with us for a summer. And then you become, like, obsessed with everything Disney, like... Disney college program, you go on Facebook, which Facebook was still really new at that point, and you find everybody that's already down there, and you're like, I'm going to make friends with people, so I already know people that are down there. Dana and I connected on Facebook because we had a mutual friend, um, and we were already talking for a few months up until the college program, and I was like, do you want to be roommates? And she's like, yeah, I do. And I was like, okay, I have no clue who you are, but I'm going to live with you for six months. (laughs) We have another moment where it was like we had we ended up getting the best apartment where it was the two of us and that was it. And it was an apartment for, I think, four people, but we got it just for the two. I don't know how we snagged such a great deal because almost everybody, you remember Adam Carly was on the podcast and she talked about her eight other roommates and that was common. Well, clearly you were face characters. You were the Disney elite of the college program and they were like, oh, the face characters. They need, they need, they need their own space. Yes. You got to put them over there. It was actually because we were 21. <laughs> 21 was like basically being 40 at, in this college program. Most everybody was like 18 to 20. <laughs> and so if you were over 21, they would only let you live with other over 21-year-olds. And when we showed up, there weren't very many 21-year-olds. So I think we also lucked out for that reason. Yeah. We were supposed to be in Vista, right, originally? Mm-hmm. And then we were in Chatham. Yeah, we really lucked out. We We got a great deal. Yeah, we did. It was a much better complex, too. Vista was 
fun. It was, <laughs> I'm trying to be positive about it. Uh, it was quirky. It was an experience. It was quirky. Yeah. Cozy. It, yeah. So talk about like you get down there, you move into your swanky character only dorm. And this is what we're calling it now, by the way. That's it's yeah, a thing. Yeah, I like um, it. So you move into your swanky character elite dorm. And then what happens? So then you're like, okay, we're off to go be Tigger and Winnie. Or like, tell, talk to me about this. Did you have like insane amounts of training before they unleashed you to the masses? Or were they just like, here, put this costume on, go. Disney is all about training. Disney, for any role, not just being a character, they are so big on having multiple weeks of training and testing you so that by the time you get, quote, on stage, you know exactly what you're doing. And that absolutely applied for being a character. We went through, I think, a seven-day training period. Yeah. And then for me later, when I did the different face characters, I went through a three-day training period for each of those characters. Is this when they strap you to a chair and make you watch Alice in Wonderland on repeat until you've, like, memorized the whole thing? I mean, you're joking, but that's exactly what they do. <laughs> Uh, you're you think you're being funny like eyelids are held open yes, it's like, like that scene in lost with the kid who's like being subjected to yes. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, no it, um, they do make you watch the movie over and over again and they make you uh, like memorize the inflection of the voices i i think i've mentioned this before but i played the two british characters so i had to also do a two-day accent training or maybe it was a one day, I don't remember. But you had to learn the accent. And they're like, you're learning Alice's accent, not a British accent. So for her, it's very up and down, like a roller coaster. So you're like, ooh, and you're going up and down constantly. So they kind of train you to think that way. And then they play you the movie and any of the sequels. Peter Pan, in case you guys are curious, does. I have seen Peter Pan 2 like Lost in Neverland or whatever it's called. Um, it exists. I thought Peter Pan 2 was like Hook. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, and Wendy's barely in it, but I still had to watch it for the character. So, and then, I, sorry, we'll get back to the the fur character training part, but with Face, your, your second or third day is being out in the parks, but you have a trainer watching you at all times and recording you. And so... It sounds creepy. It's it's not, but because everybody's recording you and, and taking pictures with you. But you go out, you you meet and greet, you work on your poses. They teach you these poses. They teach you the signature, and then they uh, the trainer takes you backstage and shows you the video footage and is like, "Hey, here's a moment where your smile faded because you were concentrating on writing the signature. You have to kind of keep that smile up, and you see it when you're on camera. You're like, oh, I don't look as." you know, happy. So I do need to make sure I'm always smiling on, on stage. So it's good. It teaches you all of that. And then at the end, they tell you if you've passed or, or failed, I don't know anybody who failed. So, um, yeah, that was kind of the face, the face. Oh, and the other big part to face character training was learning the wigs and the makeup. So they teach you a very specific regimen on how to put the makeup on Anytime you meet a face character, they put their own makeup on. It's not a makeup artist backstage. I was going to ask. You You had to do it yourself. They didn't have like an army of makeup artists backstage. 
Making sure everybody looked the same and had the same nope. look? Nope. Uh, they do make sure you have the same look and you have to be, there's a different cosmetologists that have to sign off on you looking appropriate. They have very strict rules about like nail polish or glitter or things like that that maybe could be extra stuff and that's all a definite no because they want you to be consistent in case somebody meets Cinderella at Cinderella's royal table and then they meet Cinderella in Epcot and she has pink painted nails in Epcot. So they want to make sure everybody is consistent. Um, They give you a sheet of kind of a how-to tutorial to make sure you always remember, but everybody wears the exact same makeup. So that's how they keep it consistent and they give you the makeup, Disney does. So, Evan, you didn't have this no, problem, did you? No. <laughs> it sounds very overwhelming, though. I just got really anxious thinking about all of that. Uh, no, with uh, with fur costumes, we I was talking to Dana about this uh, the other day, and I was talking to her about the day that we had to just wear the heads. So they put us in the room, and they're like, we need you to feel comfortable in the heads. This is our first or second day of training. Yeah. And you're just totally your body on your own, but you just have the head on. Please tell me there are photographs that exist of oh, this. Oh, absolutely God. not. No, no, they're very yeah. strict about no oh photos on this stuff. Yeah. Because, like, how traumatizing would that be to a child to see a character with just the head? It would almost be like seeing a character. No, I think the body without the head would be more traumatizing. Um, but they wanted to make sure that you felt comfortable wearing the head, that you know, you could move around in it, that you didn't feel claustrophobic because a lot of the heads are pretty close on there. Like you're, it's almost like wearing a fishbowl and then some feel like you are carrying around a monstrous, like, I don't know even what to compare it to, but just a massive thing on your head. So where you have to balance it and your neck and back hurt constantly. Yes. So with with the fur training, you know, you get told right away, you get like a list of who is in your height range. And that is very, it's crucial for Disney. And I understand why these costumes are made to fit a certain shape and size of of a person. And, you know, even an inch does make a difference in seeing like high waters on Mickey with his pants. Like they want to make sure you're a certain height. So they tell you who's in your height range. You start learning the mannerisms. They talk about the general like over animation where it's like you're extending your body and you're learning these poses and they're different if you're playing a female character versus a male character. I remember Timon was one of my favorites because he is so boisterous and you know he moves so much and he's like kind of a show off and so when you're in that costume that's what you're doing you're kind of showing off and moving about very different than if you're playing you know a girl character Minnie would never you know have those same mannerisms Mm -hmm. so they teach you that kind of stuff in the first couple of days and then they moved into like the costume pieces and how much is involved in putting together your costume were these heavy like were the costumes really heavy some, yeah. They are between like 20 to 40 pounds. Yeah. There was one uh, with one of the little Einsteins where the head was so heavy because he had glasses that they made out of some really, really heavy material. So if you were just to wear the head on its own, it would just like flop forward. So they had a strap where you had to actually take the strap 
and tie it to the like actual inside body part to the costume. And then it Velcroed. Mm -hmm. And like, if you didn't get a good strap, you'd go around in the morning and you'd pick your head out to find like the best head with the best Velcro. (laughs) And if you didn't, like if you didn't get a good Velcro, you'd be in the middle of a set signing an autograph, like bending down on your knee to say hi to a kid. And then all of a sudden your head just flops forward. Like, no, (laughs) and and it's not, it's not a fun feeling because it, it does actually really hurt your back and your neck. So I shouldn't laugh, but like, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. If you think about watching it sad, but funny. (laughs) The, the Mike Wazowski story that we kind of teased earlier is that that costume was over 70 pounds and the five foot two hundred pound women are the ones who are assigned to do this, including us. That's who who we were doing Mike Wazowski. And Evan had that part first one day and came home and was like, Dana, this costume is, it's a no for me. Like it's going to be awful. Um, So, I don't know about you, Evan, but the day I was assigned to do Mike, I ended up, like, putting that costume on. You basically wear it like a backpack, harness backpack on the inside, and then there's, like, handlebars that move his arms that you do, like a bicycle handlebar. Your hands aren't on the outside, so you're in a bubble, like, yeah, just... (laughs) Like using the handles for his arms because his arms are little sticks on the outside of the body. So your arms are inside. I'm like amazed at who makes these, who designs these things. They're very clever. Like it looks like a great costume, but it is very hard to maneuver and kind of dangerous a little bit. If you were to fall, then your hands are trapped in there. And (laughs) yeah, yeah. So it, it was that one was really hard. But a lot of the costumes were pretty comfortable and easy. You know, my like I was saying earlier, Jessie was one of my favorite fur costumes to wear because she basically just had her legs. Like you just wore your legs with um some jeans and like and a little bit of padding. Did you call all characters that weren't face characters were fur characters, even if they were like not yeah, animals? Because you didn't have like a real face. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So okay. I want to know, you get trained, you're out in the parks. What was it like in the parks? And what are some of the funniest things that you recall happening or like the crazy funny things that happened while you were out in the parks? Both Evan, you as a fur, fur, fur. <laughs> not a furry, <laughs> like not a furry, not a furry, you're not furry, not a furry, not a furry. Oh my gosh, a fur character and Dana as a fancy face character. So what like what yeah, what are what were some of the interactions like? Like I mean, I've got to imagine like when these kids come bouncing up to you, it's some of the sweetest moments can be or can also probably like they smell and are sticky. But like what like what what were some of your favorite like most random memories, fun memories of being in the parks uh and interacting with the guests? I would say it just always felt really rewarding where honestly, like every child is adorable and they're so excited. And I think it was so rewarding when you had a child come up to you and they were a little shy at first and they were a little intimidated, but then they kind of warmed up and they really loved you. I think the instances and the interactions that frustrated me the most were the parents that the kid didn't want to go up to the character. Like it's scary. Mm -hmm. Like, 
you see Mickey Mouse on a on a television screen and he's, you know, a few inches high. And then you see him in person, you're like, oh my God, he's massive. And so the parents are just like, now you're going to go take a picture with Mickey. And you're like, that kid obviously doesn't want to. Like, it's okay. You know, just be like, hi, okay, we saw Mickey, great. And then just like walk away. I mean, you're trying to create a beautiful memory for your child. Don't force him on Mickey. They're never going to love him anymore. So yeah, I, I have, we have, weird, crazy horror stories. But for the most part, I think what I remember are all of the, the war, like heartfelt, like warming moments, like the make a wish kids were, you were like, you literally were crying in your mask. Um, Mm -hmm. and you just wanted to spend more time with them and hug them and, you know, make their day as magical as you could. So, so, okay. This is something I've always wanted to ask somebody who's been behind the mask, right? Uh, I have this idea in my head that while a character is out there being like, ha, 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 happy, 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 they're literally, like, inside the costume dead. 100%. Like, face is dead, and you're just like, yeah. 100%. Okay, well, with fur, because fur characters, you can't see their face. Right. So that was almost the best part of it. Like, if you're having a bad day or somebody's being totally horrible to you, you're just, like, your mouth and kind of cuss words at them from inside your head because you can't talk. So you're just like, like inside the head. So yeah. Yeah. It, I think that was, I, I always kind of, I was telling Dana, it makes me anxious to think about like a face character. We have to constantly be on. Like if somebody makes you feel uncomfortable, you're just stuck in that uncomfortable position and you have to smile Mm -hmm. through it. But as a face character, yeah, a hundred percent. Most of the time you're like, Oh my God, you're the worst person in the world. (laughs) So but I mean, <laughs> I would have to say more times than not, you do come off set like smiling because so many kids are wonderful. Yeah. But then there are days where you're just like, oh, my God, everybody is the worst human being on Earth. Yeah. No, as a face character, I've certainly had my fair share of like uncomfortable moments that you just have to kind of grin and bear it and smile through it. But I have this one story I remember This little boy came up to meet Alice in the UK pavilion at Epcot, and I had not been out there for more than five minutes. A typical set for a face character is about like 45 minutes out there and then 45 minutes backstage for a break. Um, So I had just gotten out there, and this little boy comes up, and he has like – I think he just ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or something, but he had jam all on his hands, like like grape jam. And he comes over and gives me this big hug and pulls back. And I just see, like, stains all over the white apron that Alice wears. And I just remember, like, looking down and kind of dropping character a little bit and being like, uh-oh. Uh, like, kind of coming back at it. And, <laughs> and the mom, her horrified face, she's like, I'm so sorry. We should have cleaned him before we took a picture. He was just so excited to come over and meet you. And I was like, oh, it's okay. You know, I, I but then I had to go immediately off stage because nobody else wants photos of Alice with a jammed up, you know, gross apron. Um, and, and it took a while to get a new one because you have to wait backstage for somebody to, from the costuming department to transport it all the way over to you. So I think I just didn't go out for the rest of that set until I had new costume pieces. Um, so those kinds of things happen. One time I remember also as Alice, there was, a. Some sort of fire happening in Florida, and there was uh, ash falling in the sky. Are you sure that wasn't out here in lovely California? (laughs) 
where that's a thing that happens all the time. I know. I'm kind of surprised. But the wig that I was wearing was getting that ash and it was starting to burn through some of it. And so I had to go rush off stage. It's not like hair where you can kind of just brush out the ash. It was like sticking to it and like holding on and making like gray stains in the wig. So I had to go off stage and get re-wigged for that moment as well. So you get those those kinds of of scenarios, but you also get all of those super awesome, lovely scenarios of meeting so many people and you really are smiling through it all. Like it's, it's so incredible. I know Evan knows this feeling too, but there's this odd sensation where I used to call it again, this is telling you of the time that we were at Disney, I would call it the (laughs) Hannah Montana experience because people would know you, your Alice, everybody's racing over. They're taking photos with you. They know your character. You are that character. It's it's pretty crazy. You go backstage, you take off the costume and the wig and the makeup, go out, you know, in your street clothes. And the same family you saw two hours ago that you took a photo with is in line with you to ride Spaceship Earth and they have no idea who you are. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. And I think what I find the most interesting part about going to the parks now as, uh, you know, as a guest is I still get that Hannah Montana feeling where like if I see Mickey Mouse, I'm like stoked. Like, oh my God, it's Mickey. <laughs> like, yeah. like, and I know, you know, like I've been a fur character, but still like there's something special about seeing Chip and Dale like just prance down the street and you're just like, yeah, Chip and Dale, like you're still stoked. They're VIPs. Like it's, it's exciting, especially Mickey, hands down. Whenever you see Mickey, it's just... He's the man. Oh, he has I know. a freaking theme park. He has several theme parks, you know? He started an empire, so. It all started with a mouse. My mom <laughs> says that constantly. <laughs> it's her favorite thing. <laughs> so, yeah, it all started with a mouse. So, you talked a little bit about, like, Dana, you talked about when you had to jump off stage because Jamgate of 2000, whatever. I think we've talked a little bit about this on past podcasts, but. I'm curious, Evan. So, okay, there was something that happened. There's a YouTube video of it out there of during the like welcome show at Disney World that they were doing before they went back to the castle, but they were doing it up uh, at the Main Street train station, right? And like Minnie's bloomers fell down in the middle of their like dance and she had to go running off stage, obviously. (laughs) Like, not, not something you need happening. Yeah. But, what happens if you're out there and something is going drastically wrong? Like you're overheated because I can't imagine that like it's comfortable in that costume in the Florida heat. Like so actually, yeah, two questions. One, how hot is it in those costumes and do they do anything to keep you cool? Or are you just like sweating to death for the entire time you're in it? And two, what happens if you have to like you're in the middle of performing or something and something is going wrong and you need out? Yeah. Well, I don't know if Dana had this because so I ended up doing parade while I was down there and I got very excited because I thought I was going to be a puppet in the Pinocchio parade route. Instead, I was Gideon Um, and Gideon. Who's who's Gideon? (laughs) Gideon is the cat from Pinocchio. Uh, He is the sidekick cat and not a lot of people know who he is. But he is the absolute worst costume in the entire world. There are horrible nicknames for him. Um, but like I had said, most of the heads feel like you're in a fishbowl. Gideon's was the worst. It's uh, very, very tight on your head. And when you're in parade route in Florida in July, it feels like somebody has a hair blow dryer shooting directly into the mask. Oh. And on parade route, 
It's the only time I think, I, and Dana, I don't know if you ever experienced this, where they gave you ice packs. So in the costumes for parade, there would be Velcro sort of snap-on things where you could put an ice pack in in your costume while you're on parade route because they're like, yeah, yeah, this will make it better. But you're on parade route for a good 30 minutes dancing in a costume that is like clinging to you. And a lot of them are very heavy. So I just, I never did an ice pack because I did it once. And within five minutes, it just ends up being like, hot tub water on your back like that's what it feels like just so Mm. yeah I was like no no I'm good so but and then in terms of if you have an emergency on set I don't Dana do you remember this yeah so you put one hand over one eye Mm -hmm. so you have your attendant with you so if something goes wrong you're not feeling good you know you put one hand over one eye and it's like oh no you know Mickey is something wrong with your do you have something in your eye let's go check it out so if there's ever an emergency, it's like, oh, no, 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 let's go make sure he's okay or she's okay. Or... So I didn't have any emergencies. I had a costume mishap on parade route, but that was about it. Ooh, what happened? It was it was very traumatizing. Oh, it was so it's sad. Dana, yeah, Dana didn't get to see me in parade because um, I was very excited. I, I went to color coding. I got a code red for color coding. So I had really high movement scores at Disney. And so I got parade route. And a lot of college program kids don't necessarily get to go dance in parade. And I was like, okay, it's the last time Dana's about to leave. She's going to see me in parade. Apparently, I put the cover of my shoe on wrong. I put it on backwards. It literally looked the same, like either way. Oh, no. And I had, a, I had a manager come up to me right before I, like almost about to step on parade route and was like, hey, hey, come here. You're not going on. And pulled me off and I was traumatized. And then I got, in, I got into a good amount of trouble too. They like called me into the manager's office afterwards. And what? Yeah. They were like, why did you put your shoe on wrong? And I was like, I, I, I didn't know I did. So it was, I cried a lot. We talked about that with Carly when we talked with her. She shared that she got a point. A point is like a, not a good thing that you don't want from Disney because she accidentally triggered the alarm to stop the ride. Oh my gosh. Total accident. It's a great story. Total accident. But they were like, we know it was an accident. We still have to give you a point. And so for Evan's scenario, it was like they knew that this was just a simple mistake, but they still have to give her a point because it's kind of a black or white scenario. It's something wrong happened, so somebody has to be accountable for it. Yeah. But I would have to say in Disney's defense, it's they're creating a story for a huge audience who is coming to the park to expect a certain quality and they want to keep that story consistent, you know? Mm -hmm. And as a performer and a professional in the park, you're responsible for doing these things. So for me, I put my shoe cover on wrong. So it's like, I know you didn't mean to, but this is the consequence. Like you get a point because next time you need to be more aware this is mm-hmm. a little bit more detail oriented because Disney is so detail oriented. Yeah. Like that's why everybody loves them. You go to the park and everything is just so incredible and done so well. And that's how they do it. You know, they keep people accountable. Yep. 
I mean, they can't blame you. You're in this yeah. costume. It's 100 degrees and 100% humidity. Nobody would think right. Like, that is torture. If the CIA wants to get information out of people, they need to just stick them in Central Florida in a Disney costume for a few hours, and they'll start talking. I've told Dana that when I did Gideon, when I was friends with Gideon in Parade, I was such a drama queen because I would come off a parade route, and because Gideon's head was so small, like, you just wanted to get him off. Like, you just wanted to get the costume off. But... You couldn't get the costume head off without getting the cape off. And you couldn't get the cape off without getting your gloves off. And the gloves, they came all the way up to probably under your armpit. Just these like sort of princess high gloves that were just after being in parade just stuck to your body. Like they just glued to your body. So I would get off a parade route and I was like, get it off of me, get it off of me. And I was like screaming and I was like, just be trying to rip the gloves off. And then like somebody would come up to me and the attendants were always so sweet. And they're like, let me, let me help you. And like, be like, I can't breathe. I'm such a prima donna being like Gideon in parade, be like, oh, get this off of me. It was so dramatic. <laughs> I cannot believe like the Imagineers at Disney and how smart they all are and like the incredible stuff they came up with that they haven't figured out like built in air conditioning in these costumes or like what are those like things you can wear around your neck? You've seen oh, those yeah. things that like people wear them at Disney World to like cool the, like the fans or the like personal air conditioner things around their necks. I don't know. Just thinking. Here's what I'll say about all of that, Adam, (laughs) because to play kind of devil's advocate a little bit, these are all questions that we would ask during training. And the answers they said for that stuff is that it'll be showing, it'll be bulky, or you'll hear the fan noises if there's a fan inside there. And the costumes are very close to your skin. You're basically, you know, you're wearing it. Um, Yes, some of them are a little bit fuller. You know, we did Chip and Dale and they had hula hoops that kind of gave them their little bellies. But you, it's touching your skin. So there's not really a spot for it to exist. But the other piece of it is, you're not out there forever. I know no. it's, yeah. it was a very sweaty experience, but it's a short experience before you get a break. You take the costume off. You change your clothes underneath before you go back out in that costume again. So you do get a fair amount of breaks. Yeah, they treat you well. Like the sets during the summer would only be about 20 minutes on. So you'd be sweating for 20 minutes, but... Mm-hmm. You know, you had very good relief coming very shortly. And the break rooms were always air conditioned and had TV. And it was it was very plush. It was very plush. You know, if I were to be a character, take a wild guess on which. And I've seen this character and I guess every time I see them in the parks, I have to stare because it makes me really happy. I don't know. Buzz Lightyear. Uh, Close. Okay. Dana. Woody. No, 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 no. Wrong, wrong franchise. Is it a Star Wars franchise character? No. Um, what franchise is it? Give us a hint. Here's a clue. It has something to do with the city I live in. San Francisco? Yep. I don't know. I don't know. What do you... Baymax. Baymax. I want to be the giant Baymax oh. from Big Hero 6. And I've seen him at Disney World. And it's like this blow-up costume. And he's just like... <laughs> he it reminds me of like the Marshmallow Man from Ghostbusters or something. Like yeah. it's this gigantic... I don't know. Anyway... It makes me happy. He didn't exist when we were there. He was, yeah. I do remember we had friends, we had a friend who was friends with um, Buzz Lightyear. And you would think that costume was really fun, but apparently there were a gajillion pieces to it. So 
Not yeah, so that's fun. something we didn't mention before to you, Adam. When you, whatever character you play, it's your responsibility to build the costume in the day. So before you go out to your set, you have to build it out, meaning that you go into the wardrobe section where they have all the different pieces and you pick out everything that's specific to your character. And if, you, if you've if you never played the character, you can ask somebody for help or they, I think they would have cards that would show you I think they had a card, what, yeah. what all went into those costumes. But Could you do it all yourself or did you need help? You did it all yourself. It's your responsibility. It's all you. So you built your costume inside the costuming wardrobe area and then you would usually put it in a bag and walk yourself to to your destination for the day, if it's Frontierland or Town Square or whatever. And then you would put your costume on over there. You didn't want to put it on in the wardrobe area and walk all that way because it's just so bulky and hard to hard to maneuver. Yeah. It basically looked like you were carrying a dead body in a bag. Because <laughs> like with the head, it would just be this massive bag. <laughs> the things that happen in the utility yeah. I loved any gig and like any day where you got to... Like, you didn't have to walk to set. You got driven to set in a golf cart. Those were the days. Those yeah, were good. Those were pretty great. <laughs> Again, character elites. Character elites. We get driven around in golf carts. Yeah. <laughs> we get the fancy dorms to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, at Animal Kingdom, the Costarine area was so far away, usually from where you were doing a set, that you had to use a bicycle. And you had to put this massive bag with your costume into a little, like, basket on the bike and then try to ride a bike to your set balancing so actually here's a question because everybody we've talked to was kind of assigned like other former cast members we've talked to were like assigned a specific park and attraction or ride or something because you both were characters did you bounce between different parks at walt disney world like how did that and resorts we did all the character dining as well. So not only did we work out of all four parks, we worked out of like a big handful of the hotels. Yeah. If you were a full-time character, you had like, you bid. So every so often during the seasons, you would bid for a specific character. And most bids were like better than others, you know, depending on the gig. But as a college program kid, it was just like, they used you to kind of fill. Mm -hmm schedules like you would usually get a consistent schedule and usually you knew them but all of a sudden you'd have something where you're like I've never been to that park I've never been to that hotel I don't know what I'm doing like how do I get there so it was a little nerve-wracking some days where you're just like your anxiety was through the roof like I don't know where that is so yeah no two days were the same no I will say I feel like I worked half of my time at Epcot and the other half of my time it was at the different resorts. I, as Alice, did a lot of the character dining at the Grand Floridian. I remember doing some character dining at the Swan and Dolphin as Timon a couple of times because at I one did that point one. they had that was a good set. That, that was, was a fun, a fun one. one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the dining, I loved Alice at the Grand Floridian because you got to have this great the great grounds of the Grand Floridian. The break room was teeny tiny, but it was a really cool setup, and they had this special like ticketed event or I think it was through AAA that kids could do tea parties with Alice and the Mad Hatter. So. 
I would finish the breakfast rotation, and then a few hours later, I would come back to the Grand Floridian, and they would have changed out the 1900 Park Fair restaurant into a little tea room. And all these adorable – these are some of my favorite memories. Aww. All these adorable little girls dressed as Alice were there to have tea with me, and it was so incredible. We took photos with each of them and danced around it a couple, like – games and then you know the mad hatter and i were done and the um kind of counselors the camp counselor people who were handling the scenario played more games with the kids but it was so cool they'd have little like tea and it was juice and like crackers and stuff but it was so much fun so <laughs> i just think it's funny because dana has such a wonderful rosy like memory of dining <laughs> character dining because Dana did play and dine a lot with me, which I did play and dine <laughs> yep. a lot. Like that was my main gig. And I loved it because I really liked the people that were there with us and had that were regulars and they had their bid. By the way, this is in Hollywood Studios and it's at the restaurant called Hollywood and Vine. Yes. And so love you- that restaurant. And we had like two singers that were with us at the restaurant and like we became very close with them. And I swear to God, I've, I'll wake up at, at night sometimes and the hot dog song will be in my head and I'm like, hot dog, hot, hot dog, dog, hot diggity dog. 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 <laughs> and like I, that dance, which came in handy when we I had, like my nieces and nephews. I was like, yeah, I know mm-hmm. that song. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's my jam. Um, but that dining was very difficult because the tables were all really close together and a lot of those costumes were really big. So I played, I was friends with Goliath, who is the world's smallest lion, but in person with the head on, I'm 5'2", we actually measured with the head on, he's about six foot. Yeah. So the head's massive. And he was actually one of my favorite costumes because he was so padded. So you kind of felt like Beyonce because like they had a butt pad in it. And like <laughs> you felt like really sassy, like, yeah. Um, By the way, that's exactly what Jesse was like. Jesse had all the padding. Uh, yeah. Accentuated your booty. Yes. The padding, it was all about the padding. And like Goliath also had like a big belly. So I always felt like I was like, yeah. And like I'd pat my belly. But the tail connected from the butt to the back. And with dining, like, I had a kid take the tail and yank me backwards. And the dad was just laughing, and I was, like, miserable because it completely jolted me backwards. And he just kept pulling and pulling and pulling. And I was like, I, the dad's not doing anything. I don't know where my attendant is. So I just started to kind of, like, I couldn't see the kid, so I just kept kind of throwing my paws behind me to, like, get the kid off. But... That's my dining experience, much less glamorous than Dana's face dining. <laughs> well, I will say I worked play and dine a lot as well with you. And the, yeah. I also have really great memories of that because those oh, were the, the times that we got to work together. You and I were talking about this the other day, but one of my favorite memories was before the park opened, we got to walk around all of Hollywood studios and go get, you know, usually we're getting breakfast, but you could see the whole park completely empty. And those were some special memories. And I think just in general, us working there, there were a lot of those really special memories we got to have that were unique only to that time of being a cast member. Yep. I am so glad that I did the college program. I'm so glad I ended up waiting to do character work because it you have so many cool stories and experiences that a lot of people don't ever get to say they had in their lives. And and I met my best friend. I know. Aww. Aww. 
So Aww, yeah, I love you, Evan. I love you, Dana. You're so yeah, great. Was, <laughs> I love you both. We too. love you. We love you, Adam. <laughs> you know, you guys, thank you for sharing these secrets. Next time we go down to uh, to the Madonna Inn, we'll get you a best friend goblet. Yeah. We're going to bring Noah and we're going to meet you down there. We can buy him a baby goblet. That sounds perfect. I'm going to I'm going to leave with one secret that well I guess it's probably not a secret, but the number one question you get as a character is is there a fan in the head? And no, there is not. There is no fan. There's no fan. Never will be. Nope. Before you go, Evan, something we've been doing with all of our guests is we ask them their favorite Disneyland stories or Disney World um, pieces. So I've got nine questions. These are rapid fire. I'm going to ask okay. you real quick. You have to answer and tell us what your favorite things are at Disney. Are you ready? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. Pressure is on. Okay. Your favorite Disneyland ride. Oh, that's so hard. Space Mountain. Solid choice. No, Soren. Oh. Soren. Soren makes me cry. Because it's so beautiful. It is. It's really. I get like really overwhelmed. Yeah, I love it. Okay, yeah. your favorite Disney food? Mickey Mouse Premium Ice Cream Bars. Mm-hmm. Hands down, done and done. That was a quick answer. I like it. Yeah, it's the first thing I need to get in the park. Understood. Favorite Disney resort? Oh, I haven't really stayed at many. Like, honestly, I think I stayed at the Disneyland Hotel with my mom when she came into town once, mm-hmm. but I didn't really stay at a lot of the hotels. Sad. I love the Disneyland. It is beautiful. Yeah. It's my favorite. My little slice of nostalgia. I love it. Okay, your favorite Disney park. Oh, that's hard. Because I love each of them for for all the different things that they encompass. I want to say Magic Kingdom. Yeah? It's just classic. Magic Kingdom in Florida or Disneyland here? I'm going to go with Florida because the castle's better. I remember being at the college program and then coming back to California after not having been for a while and looking at the castle and being like, oh, that's underwhelming. It's a baby. It's a little. It's a baby castle. I mean, come on. Walt didn't have enough money in 1955 like he did in 1971. So it is. The Orlando castle is by far. And especially if you go at Christmas, like it's just stunning. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a great segue into my next question. Favorite season to be at Disney? Oh, 100% Christmas, like the holidays. Yeah. The lights are beautiful. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah. Yeah. Sticking it's with hard. it. Because Halloween is fun, but Christmas is pretty and they make it snow. Yeah. Okay. Your favorite Disney movie? Cinderella. Not what I was expecting you to say. Did You did not, you didn't know that? No. Ariel is my favorite Disney princess because the redhead situation. Mm-hmm. But Cinderella, I, I like the message that it teaches little girls. And I think that people tend to skew it where they're like, oh, she needs a man to rescue her. I think it's more so be a kind person and good things will happen to you. That's how I see it. And she's like, she's got awesome shoes. So she does. Oh, that's sweet. Um, Okay. Favorite Disney song. Oh. Let's get down to business to defeat the hunts. Because it just hypes you up every time. That's a solid answer, Evan. Like, that is a great song. (laughs) And it's underrated. I don't think a lot of people remember it. It's some Donny Osmond in there. I mean, it's it's great. Yeah. Okay, your favorite Disney character? Mickey. He has my heart. Going with a classic. Okay. 
Good answer. He's my man. I mean, it's no. Oh, Donald. It's no Donald, but we'll give it. We'll give you Mickey. Yeah. He hangs out. He one of the. It's that new um uh, the thingies with the arms and that they hang on stuff. Anyway, <laughs> he watches over me during the day. I'd He's say like, my close, like a close second, would be both Chip and Dale because they're my boys. Yeah, understood. Okay, my last question. This might be a thinker. What movie or character needs its own ride or representation in the parks? Oh, that is a thinker. Uh-huh. Up. Yeah. That'd be a good one, right? There's just not a lot for Up. There's a little yeah. bit of Animal Kingdom, but that's kind of it. And also now I'm almost changing my story of where, like, best Disney movie. Like, Up is a really good movie. And you cry. Up's Pixar, though. You, give it, you can have both. You can have a yeah. Pixar and a Disney. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, you cry, you sob, you bawl your eyes out within like the first 10 minutes. And I think it's just a really touching story. But yeah, you could create a really solid ride, like a big hot air balloon or the house with the with the balloons. And- you could even do a kitty ride. Oh, yeah. I got it. They should take the jellyfish ride out of, don't, don't let Ray hear this, but they should take the jellyfish no. ride out of Disneyland and then... Because Pixar Pier's right there, they could build that as the up house and make those be the balloons in the house on the top where the jellyfish is. Yes. Ooh. My my mind is blown. Like, honestly, Disney should hire us to make that happen. Yeah. Or pay us for that idea. Yep. I'll call up all the Bobs at Disney right now. <laughs> hey, Bob. Got an idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't know me, but I got an idea. Trust me. They They should be listening to us all the time. A hundred percent. Because we have all the answers and they just don't know it. And we have the inside scoop because they don't. They don't have the inside scoop, right? No. <laughs> no, they don't. Not, not at our, all. Not ours. Uh, they don't know what the people no. want. What the people they want. They don't know how bad those heads smell. Um, no. <laughs> so, okay, before we let everybody go, drum roll. Uh, this is to just say thank you to everybody who helped contribute to uh, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society fundraiser I was doing for the New York City Marathon. By the time this airs, I will have finished the New York City Marathon. We're headed off to New York tomorrow morning, Friday morning, my time. So fast forward in time when this airs, it's back in time. I don't know. Time travel confuses <laughs> me. But uh, by the time you're hearing this, I would have done the NIC Marathon um, we raised $3,000 to help fight blood cancers for this race. So thank you to all of our wonderful, amazing listeners who contributed over the past couple of weeks. And we do have a winner for the $100 Disney gift card. This is exciting. Who's the grand prize winner? Are you ready? Our lovely listener at I am Beirut. I won't say your real name on here because I don't know if you want me to, but at I am Beirut on uh, I am Brute. I think it's I am Brute. I think so. I think yeah. it's your. I like I, it. I am Beirut. I am Beirut. <laughs> at I am Brute. Anyway, congratulations. Uh, $100 Disney gift card. I'll be reaching out to you on Instagram. I'll shoot you a message and we'll figure out how to get that gift card your way. And then you should obviously just call Dana. 
Because she'll book your next trip. Please Yay. do. You know, I'm here. You can always reach out <laughs> to me. I'm Adam, thank you for telling me that we can now link stuff on Instagram. So we'll start linking it's the great, podcast and we'll start linking more on getting those free price quotes whenever you are looking to plan your Disney vacation. Yeah, I tried it out today. It's nice. I like I tried it. tried that out today. The linking. It's great. You just click. They finally gave us the power. Yeah. Thank you, Facebook. <laughs> Gross. Anyway, on that note. <laughs> on that note uh have a great week everybody and we'll talk to you soon and thank you to our guest evan thank you so much for joining us today it really meant a lot and thanks for jumping down memory lane with me and talking about our old disney days thanks for having me guys and dana happiest of birthdays yeah, thanks evan <laughs> yay <laughs> i'm old <laughs> yay we're all old <laughs> This is what you do in your birthdays in your 30s. Anyway, happy birthday, uh, and we'll talk to you all real soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.